This podcast is brought to you by Viking Capital, your best friend in swimming pool financing for over 20 years. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast. Today, I'm here with Reed Schindler of Schindler Design, Edmond, Oklahoma. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. Reed, you got over 25 plus awards from APSB and MPBG and a body of work that's been featured in uh, numerous print and web publications. And we're so thrilled to have you here with us today on the show. Basically, I wanted you to come on and we wanted to talk to you about some of your body of work and some of the incredible things you have had going on in the, uh, the industry the past few years. I'm happy to, happy to help out however I can. Basically, you're a pretty young guy. And as far as you know, advanced builders go in this industry, you've accomplished so much in a very short time frame. I mean, can you give us a little bit of idea? I mean, folks who are in and of the industry kind of already know who you are. But I mean, for folks who are new to the industry or uh, perhaps unfamiliar with your body work, maybe you can catch them up to speed on uh, some of the things you've been doing the past few years. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of just lucked into the industry, I guess, where... I was able to, in high school, get a job with, you know, Matt Golke and Golke Pools, which is a top 50 builder under kind of the supervision of Mike Farley, who's also kind of an industry staple. And from there, after working a couple of years in high school, I was able to go to work for Charlie Claffey and, you know, the Claffey family and Claffey Pools in Southlake and work for them throughout college and then went full-time with them after college. So I don't know that many people, like I said, I kind of lucked into it. I don't know that many people are able to just find themselves working for some of the most reputable and best builders and designers in the pool industry. But that's kind of, you know, how I found myself into the industry. So after working for Claffy for almost a total of about 10 years, I really wanted to step out and go out on my own and open our own company. We looked at some different markets. Um, we didn't really want to stay in the Dallas market, just kind of out of respect of working with Claffy for so long and how much they had taught me. So we ended up settling on a town kind of near where my wife and I met in college at Oklahoma State called Edmond, Oklahoma. So we've been open now for about two years but a little bit different approach than the Claffy aspect. And we're very small. We don't really want to do a lot of large numbers. So really the smaller amount of projects, the better, but still the same kind of high quality, good service, custom designs on everything. So whereas I was probably involved with about 40 projects a year at Claffy and met with well over 150 people a year, you know, the past year, we did 12 projects and this year we're going to do 14. So, but it's just a lot more involved role. Um, we're also meeting with very, very few people as we're, we're kind of doing a lot more uh, heavy hitting on the front side of it to where our closing ratio is just a lot higher. And most of the people that we're even getting in on first appointments are already kind of a very high percentage that we're going to actually seal the deal and, and build their project for them. So, but anyway, so the last two years we've been building that. We did eight pools our first year in business, um, did 12 last year. This year we'll do 14, but with 14, we'll end up probably doing about two times the, the dollar value that we did at 12. So just a lot bigger. We're, we've kind of, you know, we haven't marketed, we haven't advertised anything, and we found ourselves into the high-end luxury side of our, you know, the Edmond area and Oklahoma City area. And that's that was the goal the whole time. So now it's just kind of keep things where they're at. That Edmond market, is it much different than the last market that you serviced over in Claffey? 
Yeah. So Claffy, we found ourselves in kind of the middle of some really, really high-end cities and towns, just really good areas. Honestly, when I moved to Oklahoma, I really, like I told my wife and everything, like we were kind of going to probably take a pretty big step back in some of the projects that we were doing, just not a lot of like really high-end stuff, but nice, you know, nice stuff. And I was fine with that. But what's just been really, really odd is this past year, especially, I mean, it's, our average project will be way higher than anything I've ever, ever accomplished before in Texas. So, you know, Oklahoma is just a very weird market. There's not a ton of volume, but there's a lot of clients that do want something different and there's just not a lot of great options for them, you know? So being able to show off some of the stuff that I had been involved with in the past, and then some of the stuff we're even doing here in Oklahoma and have finished in the last two years has really just helped us kind of find our place into that high-end role. But yeah, we're, I mean, we're working with a few of the ball players. We're working with several CEOs and stuff like that. So it's a very booming area that kind of goes unnoticed on the map. Yeah, I would imagine that, you know, you're kind of creating that kind of demand in that market by doing these kinds of pools over there. They really haven't seen much of that in that market, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple here that do really, really nice work. There's one especially that does a ton of really nice natural freeform stuff and they've been on magazines, all of that. But the big thing is I've been able to show them off some of the kind of cleaner, more modern, that kind of stuff. I feel like I, with my background and seeing as many projects, I also have a degree in landscape architecture that I'm pretty multifaceted. So whereas some of these guys might kind of specialize in the big waterfalls, big rock stuff, I can come at them at a different angle where maybe a company doesn't have as, as good of a a background in that kind of design. So I think that makes you a double threat, actually, because (laughs) honestly, there's a lot of pool builders. There's very few that have like such a master commander level of the landscape side. Yeah, I think that's what made me pick kind of the Oklahoma market. Honestly, I think there's some very, very good builders. And I think there's some very good designers. I don't know that there's people that are doing both very well. And so, you know, by coming in here and knowing what my expectations were with I'm not going to do a lot of volume. So I just have to find my clients and do the right projects. And we're going to keep our operation really small, you know, so far so good. It's been a pretty crazy market anyways. So, uh, you know, I couldn't have opened at a better time, uh, honestly, but it's been a pretty crazy ride so far. Well, I, I saw you just opened up a design studio. Congratulations. With that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty gutsy decision to do in, in this market. I mean, did COVID kind of spur you on to do that or did you have an intention no. to do that all along? No, we, so what we did is we had an office in the area when we first moved here, but we, (laughs) it was, I don't know, anytime you open a business, like you start looking at all the numbers and, you know, one of the areas I just couldn't imagine spending a lot of money on the front end was my office and getting into these five-year leases or something crazy like that. When I I really, I mean, in all actuality, I had no idea if it was going to (laughs) work. So now that we have had a couple of successful years, I mean, one of my bigger things is that if someone's coming in to buy a very high-end product, then your place that you are meeting them or showing it off better kind of match those expectations. So it's not a huge space that we just opened, but we, we were able to find it in a really, really cool area, just going a little bit different direction. We don't have a big showroom. We don't have show off a lot of materials, but we just have a really cool spot to, to get together, meet with builders, meet with architects, meet with the clients themselves, and really just kind of show off what we can do. And that's where we... So we've kind of flipped it to where we actually meet all of our clients in our office first. 
as opposed to meeting at their house. So that was one of the bigger things too. If, if I'm telling people, hey, I, you meet me at my office before I even consider your project, then I better have an office that I'm, I'm proud of. Yeah, it puts you in a better position to negotiate too. I mean, I, I know that's why guys build a design showroom to begin with, because basically you put them on your own turf and you stack the deck in your favor immediately, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. And I think it shows a little bit different because we, we tell everybody, you know, we're not, we're not another pool builder. So if that's what you're thinking you're getting with us, like that's not going to be the case when it comes to bidding, when it comes to building, when it comes to design work. So we only meet in your office and quite honestly, probably 50% turn us down on that. That's fine because we probably wouldn't have got those jobs anyways. You're doing some other pretty cool stuff I see too. I mean, uh, you're in the Genesis and tributary regulation as well. Uh, what's your involvement with those two organizations? Reed? Yeah. So I've, I've taken several of the Genesis classes. I always try to catch them anytime there's a show. I really enjoyed my time doing all that. When I w- did open up my own company, I got an invite to tributary. And that's really um, been where I focused a lot of my time just because the trips we go on, the education we learn from the, the set of builders that are in there. It, it is really a lot of where I get a lot of my ideas from. It's just kind of a melting pot for me where I can take so-and-so's opinion, so-and-so's opinion, so-and-so is how they do it and mix it all together. And that, that's kind of what my company is. So what are uh, some of the things you're learning on those trips? And uh, I mean, like, who do you get the hobnob with that you're actually learning from? <laughs> Man, so I know you guys did a interview with them, but the guys with like design ecology down in Austin. Oh yeah, and Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like design ecology, that's where... They were the ones that really like made me not feel bad about bringing clients to my office. Cause I mean, I guess you just come from being in pool sales, like any missed opportunity is bad and you, you just have to try to like take every opportunity you get, but that's just not the climate and that's not the way it is really right now. So Ben and Scott do that where they bring people into their office before they kind of interview them. And they were like, man, we, we tell people all the time, like, I don't think we're a good fit for you. And they don't let the client tell them that they're not a good fit, <laughs> you know? And so yeah, it's Scott Cummings is good at that. He doesn't let the tail wag the dog. He, he's pretty good at uh, controlling that <laughs> narrative with the customer. Yeah, exactly. So then, and you know, like Josh Atkinson down in South Carolina with Atkinson Pools, I talk with him, we go play golf on all these trips together and kind of just talk business and stuff. And they run a different operation, but just being around those guys and Randy Angel and just Mike Farley and, you know, it really, it just puts you in a good mental spot, I think, to like feel confident. And I think that's the one thing that people lack when they're meeting with people or when they're presenting to people is this confidence that, hey, like, you know, you can do this or you can sell this. And I think being around those people, like if I have a question, if I have something pressing, like I can call them, even some of the Genesis guys, like, I mean, I still reach out to some of them, even though I'm not as involved with some of that stuff too, but it's being around these guys that are just like what I consider kind of the masters of the the industry and being on a first name basis with them. Like, I don't know how I would do what I do without that, you know, even with the experience with Claffy for so long, there's still like new things every day that, you know, I didn't learn from there or that I know some of the other guys have done before. Yeah. Being able to tap those intellectual resources when you need to is invaluable. That's for sure. For sure. But I, I mean, I try to do the same exact thing, whether it's young professionals, whether it's, you know, anybody, if they reach out to me, I mean, I try my very best, you know, answer very quickly and answer as honestly as I can. 
whether it be business design, you know, just because I think that's kind of like a pay it forward type of type of deal. So you take knowledge from a lot of people and then you try to give it where you can. So, you know, when opportunities have arisen in the past to teach at the national pool shows or the regional pool shows, I always try to jump on that, you know, even with the amount of time it takes up. Yeah, I know you were involved with the uh, million dollar pool challenge. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So again, I worked for Mike Farley, I worked for him at Gold Key Pools and then worked with him at Claffy Pools for so many years. So we'd always go to lunch and always just kind of discuss all sorts of different ideas. But we always thought it was funny that because he has he's a degree in landscape architect as I am. And all these landscape architecture firms, you know, they compete in all of these design contests. In fact, some of them have like, you know, designers, that's all they do is work on these. Um, and what it is is someone will pose a problem and sometimes it's real life. Sometimes it's not. Uh, Most of the time it's real, but they'll want you to submit, you know, your solution for it and people will compete. It's a big pride thing amongst that field to win these contests. And like the world trade center was one of the big ones that popped up, you know, several years back. So we were just thinking, you know, every time we teach classes or we talk to people, one of the big things, especially when I was at Claffy, people would always tell me, you know, I just wish I met with a client that had a budget, you know, that some of your clients have. And I used to say the same thing, you know, you see some of the stuff that Jeremy Noggle or Rick Chafee or any of those guys are, are knocking out. And you're like, man, I just wish I had a client with a you know million dollar budget or something. Mm-hmm. And so what all of that, I guess, came into is I can't remember who really came up with it, but we were just talking about like, you know, we should like create a fictitious family, a fictitious spot that has everybody competes on the same level. You don't have a budget per se, but it's who can figure out the solution the best, you know, and really compete against each other without that budget, you know, and worrying about that. So that's kind of where we came up with this concept. And we took it, we started kind of with the Informa, just thinking we could teach the class at, you know, the national show or turn it into a class. And Informa jumped all over it. They were like, man, this is a really good idea. You know, we're always searching for stuff to do with design specifically versus just construction or service. And so they really got the ball really rolling and we just teamed up with them. You know, we found sponsorships. So this will be our third year to have the competition. We had to cancel last year, of course, with everything going digital, but we'll be presenting again in Dallas this fall on a site that's actually outside of Scottsdale, Arizona. And we've actually gotten the sites, we've gotten smaller and smaller and smaller every year because that was just the one complaint is on these huge lots. There's just too much stuff you can actually do. So we've actually tried to make it harder by, you know, limiting the site where it, it is more the solution and how you go about it. But that's, you know, these relationships, again, that's where we've had Jason Brownlee, who is very involved, you know, with the Genesis stuff. He's been one of the guys that we've had judge it. We've had Danny Wang to judge it. We, we get these guys that just day in, day out do million dollar projects. And we give live feedback at the class. We, we fly in the people that, you know, place in the top five or six. We fly them in and uh, they get live feedback from these guys that do it day in, day out. And I've gone from probably knowing 20 that I say are kind of the top tier designers in the industry to probably on first name basis with a hundred of them now, just, you know, in two years of this competition, it's been a really cool, really cool deal. Yeah. I was reading a really interesting article that you wrote in Watershape University recently. Basically one of the, the things you were talking about was that 
you largely rely on referrals to generate new business. And I know with your new design studio, uh, that's probably more true than ever. Maybe you could speak to that. I mean, uh, basically, uh, in your article, which you wrote was these two massive projects and how you were able to flip one referral from a satisfied customer to into two huge projects at the same time. I think that's a fascinating story. Like I said, we moved, we actually moved states two and a half hours away into the new market. And I sold two projects before I ever even stepped foot in the state with our business. So I was actually living in a hotel for like six weeks just to start building these projects before we moved. So the way that I've always done it is just try to, you know, do the best job for the client that I absolutely can. You know, when we have little knickknack, little stuff that is it, you know, a warranty issue? Is it not? We try to just take care of things for them. You know, we try to do the little things right and keep that relationship this where it's really positive. But I think that the referral by far is the easiest route to a good and successful business. Because especially in this day and age, if a company doesn't do what they said, or they charge you more than what they said, they're going to charge you. If they do those things, the client's not going to be happy. And so it's tough for good word to spread, you know, as quickly as bad. But again, if your expectations aren't as large, like with a small company like we have, by doing that, we've almost gotten to the point now where it's hard to take on every referral or even meet with every referral that we're giving. And it's really tough to do that. But with a smaller company, that's just kind of, it's kind of some of the route we've had to take is, is just even be more selective with referrals now, or just be honest with them and tell them the timetable is uh, quite a ways out. Now, what's your lead time right now? Um, right now, we're meeting with people for first appointments about a month out from now. But our construction right now, we're kind of starting construction in the fall. Yeah, that's typical. I mean, uh, so many guys right now, they're, they're just, they can't get the, on the holes in the ground. There's just not enough bodies to throw on. Yeah, we've been very lucky that we've been able to keep things moving for the most part. But I think that also has to do a lot because we're just smaller, you know. But the other thing is... I usually try not to take on an appointment if I can't fit them in within, you know, a three or three month period from meeting with them. Like if we sell it, because I just, I think that's kind of a disservice to the client. The other thing is I think you're going to see it a ton next year with all these companies selling out a year earlier to the next season or the next spring is like, you're already fighting a losing battle in my opinion, because they've waited so long for you to start that they're already probably not like super happy about it, or that'll probably wear off pretty quick, even if they are right when you show up. And then from there, you know, price changes, if materials go out of stock, you know, they're going to be like, well, we sold this in a year ago. Why wasn't that thought about? So I just try to avoid that at all costs. Uh, I'm pretty active on the Facebook groups and I kind of like have a finger on the pulse in terms of like how the homeowners feel. And I'm telling you, you know, the COVID wave was riding high then last two years, right? And the homeowners were so jazzed to get a pool in their backyard. And with all the delays and all the construction issues going on right now, I mean, that good feeling is kind of tapering off. I mean, do you kind of see that as well? Do you think that this wave of unprecedented demand has kind of crested? Yeah, and we're getting kind of like the triple slammed, I think, here in Oklahoma. And I know Texas is too, because we had all this COVID issues. But then in Oklahoma, we had the coldest winter that we've had on record. So 
we had from, I believe, November 1st until February or the end of February, I think we had 19 workable days, which I would consider like non-precipitation and over, you know, 40 degrees and getting up to 50. So over, you know, a four month span, you can work 19 days. That's pretty bad. And then right when all this stuff happens, we get the Texas freeze, we get all these equipment delays. So, and we've just had a ton of rain this spring as well. So it's to the point now where even being smaller, I feel like it's very, very hard to meet my expectations to meet my clients' expectations, but there's not an answer to it. And um, I can't remember a more difficult time in the industry in the last 15 years where Well, I'd say jobs have never been easier to come upon, but execution has been harder to get. Yeah, it's a problem of skilled labor, really. I mean, it's just having guys that have the experience and the ability to execute the vision of these elaborate designs that makes it all come together. And when these guys are not available to put on the job site, you know, it just makes it very, very difficult to execute. No doubt. And then they, you know, then you try to follow budgets, which is next to impossible because now, you know, everybody knows they can charge whatever they want to charge to you. And you already have fixed budgets and things like that. It's, it's a, it's it's not a, uh, not a enjoyable time as far as running the business or, um, you know, running job sites right now. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head before, which is, you know, it's problematic where guys sell jobs out to well into 2022 and you have no idea whether the skilled labor force is going to be there or whether, you know, uh, pool corp's going to raise prices again or, you know, what, what the deal is going to be. I mean, you quote a job at one price and then six months later, you know, prices go up 30%. I mean, what do you do? Yeah. And your client, once again, is already mad. and <laughs> It's just not a, uh, it's not a good situation in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, as a designer, a builder, I mean, how do you prognosticate for that? We have gotten to the point where if it's over a certain price point, for the most part, we have to go cost plus on it. It's just, it's not fair to myself. It's not fair to the homeowner to do it any other way. Cause I don't want to have to try to even think about, you know, doing something I wouldn't normally do to try to make cost work on my end. And, you know, how do you even bid stuff when every week it changes? Especially, you know, if on these very large projects, it's a significant change because we had a job that was very, very big, had 26 lights on it, or sorry, 32 lights on it with all the features. So just the conduit, our electric conduit budget from November when we sold it to April when we installed and uh, we're actually working on it, our electric conduit budget went up. I think it was like five or six thousand dollars and there's no way that in you know november i could sit there and say oh i think these lights will actually be this price for each of them just because of conduit you know yeah a homeowner's got to be thrilled to hear that yeah i mean (laughs) luckily this homeowner was it was fine as long as we kept kind of moving along and things like that we do we set expectations that it's kind of a weird market but we are definitely having to take it goes back to that referral sort of deal. There's a couple builders that I work a lot with on projects. And I sold one of his clients a project in September and uh, it wasn't ready for us to come in until two months ago. And let me just tell you, we're taking a uh, pretty fat loss on, uh, we'll make money on it, but it isn't going to be even remotely what we should have made on it. Just basically. So I'm not going back to the builder or going back to his client asking for money. 
Um, and that's awesome that you keep your word like that. And you're willing to take a bullet like that for the sake of, you know, your reputation. There's a lot of guys that will not do that. It's not a, uh, it's not fun, but I don't, I, you know, when someone's giving you four or five leads a year and you got to kind of sacrifice one to keep in the good graces, you just, I don't, I know that, um, you know, one of Claffy's big things too, is that they would lose money on a job before they would disappoint a client. And I mean, there were obviously some, some lines that were drawn, but for the most part, you know, the client at the end of the day is the most important thing that you can take care of in, in the industry. So mistakes are going to happen. Product isn't going to be available, all of that. But if, you know, you, you ultimately take care of them after any of the disappointment, any of that is kind of worn off, they're going to be overall happy with it. So you um, learned some great lessons there. I mean, that's how you build a great reputation, how you become a leader in the market. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You got anything exciting coming up, Reed? I mean, anything that you want to tell people about you working on in the 2021? Yeah, um, we have so many just ridiculously good projects right now and, and big stuff. And just we've got two projects about to kick off. One will be the biggest project I've ever been involved with. We're working on two jobs uh, now that both have pretty substantial, you know, acrylic pieces on them. So that'll be something that's a little new to me. But yeah, just really kind of, it's going to be a really good year as far as putting out just some really, really cool stuff that I'm very, very proud of as far as design goes. I think a lot of people have been very lucky this year because they've gotten a lot of clients that are very excited to do projects, but I've been lucky in the fact that I've gotten a lot of clients that are really into the design and coming up with stuff that's unique. So not only has there been, you know, good budgets with it too, but I've really had a lot of clients these days that dig in and, and want me to just shoot for the stars on design. And that's, that's been something that hasn't always happened in the past. Get to uh, collaborate with anybody, uh, you know, any industry leaders on these projects? You know, we're not really any of the people in the pool industry other than um, there's a couple of uh, my references and stuff that I've reached out to as far as some of the decisions, as far as like equipment and stuff like that. We are going to work with uh, Elemental Acrylic, which is out of Dallas. They're kind of a newer acrylic company that Nick Hawk started down there. So we're really excited to kind of work with them. So we've gotten one of the pieces already ordered and everything. They're going to do the install. So. It was amazing having you here today, right? I really appreciate you offering your uh, value and insight and input on uh, what's going on in the pool industry. I mean, uh, thanks so much for giving us the time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Pool Magazine Podcast with Reed Schindler, an elite design consultant and co-founder of the Million Dollar Pool Design Challenge. That's all the time we have today. A big thank you to our sponsors, Viking Capital. They're partnering with pool builders to get homeowners the financing they need in real time and helping them close more pool sales. Make sure to subscribe and join us next time on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast.